Island Church in Galveston, Texas, welcomes you to our podcast. Be encouraged by Pastor Rusty Martin as he teaches the Word of God. Apostle Paul made the statement, there are, there are weightier matters in the gospel. Years ago, the Lord spoke to me and said, you know, you have to major on the major and minor on the minors. You can't minor on the majors and expect anybody to get anything because it may cause someone to question maybe their own religious belief, question what may have been an experience. You know, people have experiences sometimes that aren't God. Amen. But sticking with the Word of God and getting into what I would call, not, not, not by any means, not a minor subject, um, the major subject, which is the death, the burial, the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, but it doesn't stop there. We're going on in tonight into His, his ascension, then His entering into heaven, and His pouring out His blood upon the mercy seat, then receiving of the Father the person, the power of the, of the Holy Ghost coming back to the earth and giving it to us. Man, now that, that is, that's, that's the, when you talk about the weightier, weightier matters of the gospel, that's it. Now listen, it happened one, at one point in time. It happened. Did you get that? And, and you got to kind of see it like, a, like the reverse of throwing a rock in the water. When, you know, if you ever did that in a, in a, in a, in a place where the water was very calm, threw a, a rock or something in the water that created those waves, the further out they went, the smaller they got. But see, this wasn't a natural event. It was supernatural. So when that rock went into the, to the water of humanity, the further out it went, the bigger it got. Amen? I guarantee you, there's a lot of people on the earth that know Jesus. There's a lot of people that know the Lord. I know the devil's been busy trying to confuse people, trying to, trying to keep people kind of distracted or, or getting into some kind of sensationalism or some kind of things that aren't relevant to the Word or the day in which we live. Amen? But you know, staying right down the middle of the Word of God especially in teaching on faith and redemption, one thing about it, it protects our hearts and keeps us in a subject that produces faith. Because at any moment in hearing what the Word of God says about this subject, faith can hit you. And you can, I've seen people have freakouts, I guess you would call, you know, a natural response to a spiritual truth. I mean, uh, as a young preacher years ago in Declo, Idaho, preaching on redemption for, for Sunday morning through Friday night. And Friday night I was teaching on kind of we'll get, up to, get right up to it tonight, that triumphal entry and how Jesus went and took his blood and poured it on the mercy seat of God. I mean, she couldn't take it no more. I'd seen her in every service. She's sitting there on the second row, right there, right there in the middle. And she got up and she threw her, her notebook. She'd been taking notes. She threw her notebook on the ground. She threw her Bible. I thought, man, I thought we're fixing something's fixing to get ugly in here. Where's the ushers at? And she pointed her finger at me and said, Young man, I have you know, I grew up in this church. I was saved in this church as a young girl. And I thought I heard everything there is to hear in that book. But what you have said this week is so glorious. If you think I'm going to sit here one more moment, <laughs> you're mistaken. And she went, Aah! and she, I'll never forget, she had on high heel shoes, you know, those, those crazy kind, you know, <laughs> and I don't know how you guys walk on those, you know, but they sounded like a machine gun when she ran across that floor. But man, when she did, it just unlocked something in that church. Amen. Nothing more glorious than the revelation of Jesus and what he's done for us. 
Now let's pick it up in, in, in chapter 20 of the Gospel of John. Now we know the story how Mary, uh, they go to the sepulcher, they find the stone rolled away, they go to the disciples, the disciples come back with them, uh, they, they look around, they don't really offer much encouragement, instruction. The Bible says they went away again to their own home. But now notice in verse 17 it says, But Mary stood without the sepulcher weeping. And as she wept, she stooped down, looked into the sepulcher, and seeth two angels in white, sitting the one at the head, the other at the feet of where the body of Jesus had lain. You know, that's where he had been anointed. See, the anointing always draws the angels. Well, I, if you could have you shouted there. <laughs> Amen. I mean, the, the anointing draws the angels, and that's where he had been anointed for his burial. Amen. And they said unto her, Woman, why weepest thou? She saith unto them, Because they have taken away my Lord. Not my favorite preacher, not my favorite prophet, my Lord. And I know not where they've laid him. And when she had just said, she turned herself back and saw Jesus standing and knew not that it was Jesus. Jesus said unto her, Woman, why weepest thou? Whom seekest thou? She's supposing him to be the gardener. Said unto him, Sir, if thou hast borne him hence, tell me where thou hast laid him and all. I'll take him away. And Jesus said unto her, Mary. And she turned herself and said unto him, Rabboni, which is to say master. Now notice this. There's a lot of emotion in that scripture. There's a lot of drama in that scripture. I mean, you could come from all kinds of angles of the, of the, of the, of the, of the risen Savior and the, and the fallen woman. You know, because she, the Bible says seven devils were cast out of her. You know, there was all, there's all kinds of comparisons you can make. But now when you're coming at it from a redemptive angle, this is what's very interesting. It says, Jesus said unto her, touch me not. Now notice that. For I am not yet ascended to my father, but go to my brethren and say unto them, I ascend. Everybody say, I ascend. I ascend unto my Father and your Father, unto my God and unto your God. Now, this is very interesting because now, now here's Mary. And certainly, uh, can you blame her? She wants to reach out and uh, embrace her Lord. Yeah. Yeah. Come on, amen. But now, now Jesus, she, he's, like, she's like, he's like, no, no, don't touch me. Then he gives her the reason. For I've not yet ascended, but then he uses some verbiage that's glorious. I'm not ascending yet to, to my father, but to your father. Yeah. Yeah. The, the Hebrew is to my father and my God, to your father and your God. Yeah. Oh, come on, church. Yeah. They never called him father. Yeah. They called him Jehovah Jireh. They called him Jehovah Rapha. They called him Jehovah Sitkanu. They called him Jehovah Shalom, but they didn't call him father. Yeah. Jesus introduced the father. Jesus is the one that unveils the father. And right here, he's unveiling the father's work. The Father's timing. The Father's glory. I'm fixing to ascend. That means there was work to be done on the earth. There was work to be done in the earth. There's work to be done in heaven. Oh, but you better be careful when you get me to preaching this stuff, man. Mm, mm, mm. Now that's why meditation helps and strengthens you. I don't know how many places around the world and at my own house. Airplanes, hotels, beaches, you name it. Where you just take a scripture or a, or a drama such as this that happened. This, not, this is not the, the workings of some man that came up with a novel that's kind of wooed humanity. 
This is the, this is the word of Almighty God. I was talking with someone that kind of had the same life experience that I had in being away from God. And we were in a conversation about how powerful the word is. Because a lot of people don't understand that living that lifestyle of keeping yourself medicated, amen, it, it, it is from one dose to the next. And it has great power to hold people in bondage to that. Because, are you ready? It feels good. Amen. I mean, I knew people, man, that were so hooked on different drugs and even myself at different times that the drug itself removed all anxiety, all pain, all worry, every, everything that you thought God could do, it did for you and became your God. And to be freed from that and able to live and function outside the bondage of that is a great miracle of the power of God, of the work that he did for me on earth, in the earth, and in heaven. Now, when you recognize and realize that, that these words that talk about that is what empowers you not to just believe it, but to know it. Because God can deliver you instantaneously from something physical, mental, some, some bad thing that happened in your life, but you're going to have to sustain it by growing in the reality of who you are, what you have, and what you can do in Christ Jesus. Yes. Amen? Now notice, where were we? Oh, that was good. Mm-mm-mm. Then we know the rest of the story how she went and told the disciples that which happened after that. And therefore we also know that he walked through the walls and revealed himself unto the disciples and said, handle me. Now, obviously something has happened. In between the time that Jesus appeared unto Mary Magdalene at the empty tomb, and the particular time down through the scripture in this chapter in which Jesus appeared to them, walked through the wall, ate fish, and said, handle me. Put your finger in my wounds, in my side. Amen? So what happened? Well, the fulfillment of all that God set out to do from three, Genesis 3.15 up until that point was fulfilled. All of the sacrifices, this is so amazing. All of that blood sacrifice that the nation of Israel was involved in year after year after year, even in the excessive years of Solomon in which thousands and thousands and thousands of sheep, there were sacrifices of goats, there were sacrifices of all kinds of animals, there were, there were sacrifices of grain and sacrifices of oil. All of this sacrificing was a type and shadow of the sacrifice that would be sacrificed. And it was played out over and over and over and over on the earth by man until man played the last act. You say, what act did man play? Man took Christ and hung him on the cross. And the ones that did it were the ones that were supposed to do it. See, that's where people have an issue. You say, what do you mean they were supposed to do it? It was the nation. It was the seed of Abraham. It was the ones that grew the spotless lambs. They were the ones that offered the spotless lambs. They were the ones that over and over and over, ever since they were brought out of Egypt, understood what the lamb and the blood meant. Yeah. 
Amen. And even the Sanhedrin say, should not one man die for the sins of the nation. They were not ignorant in that. The Bible says it was not done in a corner. Wow. Huh. I mean, you know, we live in what? What has resonated from that place in time. It has come through time, 2,000 years, and that has not lost power, has not lost glory. Just looking for a heart to believe it. Just looking for a heart to believe it. Now, with that in mind, go. we're not going to go to Hebrews. Go to Acts real quick. Go to Acts chapter Acts chapter 2, because I want us to get this, and then we'll go, we'll go to, he probably won't have time tonight, but, but uh, we'll go there next week. Acts chapter 2, now we know this great sacrifice was made on earth and was also made in heaven. The blood sacrifice of, 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 of sacrificing his blood seven different times, the number of God from the time in the garden until the time they stuck the spear in his side. But he offered it one time upon what the Bible calls the mercy seat of God. And we'll go to, to Hebrews chapter 9 and study that in depth. But we know the end result of that was the cleansing of the temple. Everybody say the temple. Now that's not the temple built with the hands of man, but that's the temple made by God, or he's actually talking about us. For we are the temple of the Holy Ghost. That's why you should live holy. That's why you should live righteous because then you can drink of the fullness of the Holy Ghost that He's designed for you to live in. That's the supernatural life God's called you to have. Amen? So we know that had taken place. The Spirit of God had fallen. He had come down and, 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 and breathed on the disciples and they received, they became born again. Then He told them, go to Jerusalem, wait. Because there's coming another dimension of this Spirit that you now have on the inside of you. And we know in the upper room, the Spirit of God fell. And we'll study all of that, but we're coming to a different particular landing tonight. The Spirit of God fell. And then, then Peter got up and preached. Now, this is what's unique. Because as we get into studying the resurrection, there is a unique, how can I say this? It's not a sidebar or a rabbit's trail. It's part of the foundation of it. There is a uniqueness to its power that should be released in you. Number one is the power of the knowledge that it provides. The knowledge of the depth into which God has saved you. Amen. So well, I hear these testimonies, these people, you know, somebody getting healed of cancer, somebody getting that. Well, God's provided that for everybody. It's there for us. There for us. Amen. And when you begin to study its origins and how it got to be that way and how God has set that order in the earth right now, then you begin to understand, oh, this is why I need to obey this. This is why I need to do this. This is why I need to have this standard in my life because if I don't, I don't get the benefit of what all this stuff is that God has done in Christ. So they talked a lot in the book of Acts and the messages preached in the book of Acts about Jesus being raised from the dead. Now let me just say this to you. It is a big deal that Jesus rose from the dead. And I don't know what you think a big deal may be, but this is the biggest of all big deals because it wasn't just a person overcoming rigor mortis in the grave. Amen.
This was somebody who had the ability to assume all that was wrong with us and take it to the place of death and die with it, then go to our place of punishment, and after whatever the terms of justice were set by the Father's heart were met, he rose from the dead by the power of the Holy Ghost, destroyed the devil, made a show of him openly, spoiled principalities and powers, rose to heaven, cleansed our hearts by the revelation of who he is, then released his very own power through his word and by his spirit so we can live as more than conquerors on the earth. Woo! It's really that simple. (laughs) Amen? That's not to complicate it. So Peter, here's Peter. He's preaching. Here we go. Let me find it here. Verse 22. Ye men of Israel. Did I say Acts chapter 2? Acts chapter 2, verse 22. Ye men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man approved of God among you, by miracles and wonders and signs which God did by him in the midst of you as you yourselves also know. Him being delivered by the determinate counsel and foreknowledge of God, ye have taken and by wicked hands have crucified and slain. Now notice what he says next. Whom God hath raised up. Now that's a big deal. You say, why? Because he had just died. Some 55 days before, he was hanging on that cross, bleeding and dying for you and I, and he had been put into that tomb, and Rome said, nobody will open that tomb. Nobody didn't. Somebody did. Amen? Oh, my goodness. And, you know, you talk about the reverse of Pandora's box. What the devil unleashed through the sin of man and the woman in the garden God reversed that, reversed the curse through what Jesus Christ has done for us. Glory to God. Jericho's getting excited over there. Hallelujah. That's good. Now notice this. Whom God, I love that, whom God hath raised up, having loosed, everybody say loosed. Loose the pains of death because it was not possible that he should be holding of it. For David speaketh concerning him. I foresaw the Lord always before me in my face, for he is for he is on my right hand that I should not be moved. Therefore did my heart rejoice and my tongue was glad. Moreover also my flesh my flesh shall rest in hope because this is Psalms 22. Thou shalt not leave my soul in hell in the place of punishment, neither will you suffer thy holy one to see corruption. Thou hast made known to me the ways of life. Thou shalt make me full of joy with thy countenance. Men and brethren, let me freely freely speak unto you of the patriarch David, that he is both dead and buried, and his sepulcher is with us unto this day. Therefore, being a prophet, and knowing that God hath sworn with an oath to him, that of the fruit of his loins, according to the flesh, he would raise up Christ to sit on his throne. He, seeing this before, spake of the resurrection of Christ. Second time that his soul was not left in hell. Second time. Neither his flesh did it see corruption. Oh, you ought to rejoice. You say, why? For where he went, you will go. You say, what if he doesn't come for a hundred years? You'll lie in the grave. Your flesh will deteriorate. Your soul and your spirit will be in heaven rejoicing with your loved ones. But then one day, no matter if the worms have eaten them and other worms have eaten those worms and birds have eaten those worms, God will pull everything that is you back together. Amen. And your body will come back together to glorify God. 
just in case you were wondering. <laughs> Glory to God. Therefore, being a prophet and knowing that God had sworn in an oath to him that the fruit of his loins, according to the flesh, he would raise up Christ to sit on his throne. He, seeing this before, spake of the resurrection of Christ, that his soul was not left in hell, neither did his flesh see corruption. This Jesus hath God raised up, whereof we are witnesses. See, now I can't read that. Because see, if you live for God and you live the scriptures have meaning to your life many times connected to places and people you've been around and places you've been. So when I read that scripture, I'm, every time I read it, I see the same thing. I see the same thing. This Jesus, everybody say this Jesus. This Jesus, this Jesus hath God raised up, wherefore we are all witnesses. So my, 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 my first recollection of the glory of that scripture hitting me was in Bible school when Teal Osborne stood up and preached this Jesus. This Jesus. How the, it was this Jesus. That's why they were baptizing. It was this Jesus that healed the woman with the issue of blood. It was this Jesus that appeared unto Saul upon the road to Damascus. It was this Jesus that came to Cornelius' house and baptized. It was, and he just went through the book of, and it was this Jesus, and it was this Jesus. And then he started giving his own time, and it was this Jesus, and it was this Jesus. And it, I'm telling you, when you realize that the purpose that God had his intention. We talk about God's intentions. What does he intend? He intends for you to live a victorious, glorious life on this earth. He intends for you to have joy and for you to have peace and in the midst of the greatest storms of life to have an answer in him and in Christ. And living in the darkest days, the last of the last days, the, the, the midnight hour. I heard a guy call it today. The midnight hour. So much is going on. So much is happening. In the midst of it all, we got the light of God. We have the life of God yes. to live out this life in. Not just existing till death runs its course. Not living in a prison of bondage, but free by Jesus Christ. Ooh, let me finish this. I got five minutes. Do you like this stuff? I don't know about you. I love this stuff. This Jesus hath God raised up. Wherefore, we are all witnesses. Oh, I got I to tell you. Teal Osborne's story. He told it to our Bible class. And how he and his wife's name was Daisy. Teal and Daisy Osborne. They shook the world for Jesus. And they, as young missionary couples from over on the West Coast, the Oregon area, went to the mission field, went to India, and everything they touched was a failure. And he... Back then, you'd have to go to the mission field on a, on a steamship. And he went on a steamship, him and, him and Daisy. And they came back on a steamship. And I'll never forget the way he told it. He told it with tears in his eyes. He says, when we came back, as we, come, as we came under the Golden Gate Bridge, he says, I gathered Daisy into my arm and I looked into her eyes and I said, I make a pledge to you as your husband. I will never bring you off of American soil again. This is T.L. Osborne. He said, I went a couple of years. He said, I was so empty. And he said, I heard there was a man up in Spokane, Washington doing miracles. And he said, he went up there and he saw Jesus in a man. He said, I saw Jesus in a man. 
And he said when he saw Jesus in a man, he thought, man, I ain't never even read the Bible. Of course, he was a minister, been through Bible school. Has a glorious testimony of what God had done in his life up to that point. But he said, I went and read the Bible, the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, like I'd never read it before. He said, I saw Jesus in the Word. He said, I saw him in a man. He said, I saw him in the Word. He said, when I saw him in the Word, he said, I had this craving for the letters. He said, I wrote, I said, I, I read the letters to the church and I saw Jesus in me. And he said, when I saw Jesus in me, I went back and I got Daisy in my arms. And I said, get ready. Now we can go to the nations of the world. And they did in grand style. It's Jesus. Nothing's impossible with him. Amen. This Jesus. I mean, the stories of the past are glorious, but we got glorious stories too. Wow, this Jesus. Man, that's so powerful. This is, this is the foundation of our faith. You know, we talk about Matthew chapter 16 where, where Peter got that revelation. Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. That is the most profound revelation in the Bible. That is the revelation that causes the hope of eternal life to become reality as you see the need to believe in your heart and confess with your mouth. Now notice this. It says, For David is not ascended into the heavens. This is verse 34. But saith himself, the Lord said unto my Lord, Sit thou at thy right hand until I make thy foes thy footstool. Therefore let all the house of Israel know. Now listen to this. Therefore let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God hath made the same Jesus whom you have crucified, both Lord and Christ. It says, when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter and unto the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? And Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sin and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. This is salvation. This isn't water baptism because you don't get water baptized for remission of sin. You get born again. 3,000 people got born again, which is so cool because some years before, some 1,800 years, 2,200 years before, the law was given and 3,000 people died because of judgment. Now the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus is given and 3,000 get born again. My, my, my. Now listen to this. For the promise is unto you. If I was Peter and you are the crowd, I'd be pointing at you. For the promise is unto you. For the promise is unto you. But now notice this. And to your children. Well, some of you have children in here that are 40, 50 years old. Other of you have children in here that are four or five months old. Well, I got good news. To your children. Now listen, listen to this. To your children. And to all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. Man. Now it speaks of all the glory that took place. But I want you to understand tonight that through this act of God, the person and the power of the Holy Ghost reside in the earth. 
not in one individual such as a, a pope or a potentate or an apostle or a prophet, but in the believer and empowers the believer. Now notice, as evidence of the risen Savior. Amen? That's exactly what the message that he preached. Notice he took his message out from, from Joel. In the last days, I'll pour out my spirit upon all flesh. That began the last days. 2,000 years that were paid for. You say, what do you mean paid for? Paid for by the Good Samaritan. Paid for by the Good Samaritan. And he said, if there's any more that's owed, when I come back, I'll pay that too. So he gives you a deposit and credit. Oh, you ought to get real happy. Then he releases the most powerful thing that the earth has ever experienced. And that is a power so great that in the, guilt, in the guilt and in the condemnation of fallen humanity, a man or a woman of any, of any race, of any religion, of any geographical location on the earth, a man or a woman can receive the knowledge of God and the knowledge, saving knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ and be radically changed forever. And God has paraded those people through this place for 20-something years. When I see people like Christopher Alon, others that come through, Danny Johnson, my goodness, the first time I heard Danny Johnson's testimony, I was down on my knees crying. I thought, oh my God. He came right out of hell itself. Should have died in prison. He preaches the gospel. I get a text from him every day. <laughs> Encouraging and blessing. Amen? I always send him something back. Hallelujah. I like being encouraged and blessed. Evidence of Jesus being risen from the dead is you not being in the beer joint tonight. Amen? Beer joint. Honky tonk, that's what they used to say. So you don't go, they used to tell us when we were, don't go to the honky tonk. I thought, oh my God, what is a honky tonk? <laughs> Amen. God loves you. Look what he's done for you. Man, the enormity, the excess of God. You know, you think about it. If you've ever been in a place where you can see the stars and you really begin to view creation, I used to always think of that. We'd, we'd go to Hawaii and sometimes we'd go to Kauai and vacation for a few days. And, and Lee and I would always sit in the airport and look at ourselves and say, why are we leaving? Why are we leaving? You, you can cut hair. I can work at McDonald's. I mean... I mean, there are some beautiful places. It's a beautiful. It just shows the excess of God, the stars in the sky, the beauty of creation. But then salvation, when weighed against all of the rest of that, there's, there's no measurement. You can't even measure it, the Word of God says. So great, so great, so great a salvation. Amen? And this is the bedrock of your faith for everything you need, for salvation, for the baptism in the Holy Ghost, for your healing. It's all right there. It's all right there. Everything God wants to do for you, He already has done in Christ. He took your sickness, then He came out of the into the resurrection, and now He's got your healing. He took your sin, and then He remitted it. The Bible says He removed it as far as the east. You have no reason. You say, you don't want to know what I've done for so long. I've been a failure all my life. Well, you need to shut up and wise up to the reality that Jesus has cleansed you from your, your past, from right here, from right here. 
Right here. Everybody say right here. From right here all the way back. You can begin now to declare, bless God, I'm a new creature in Christ Jesus. Old things are passed away. All things are new for me. I guarantee you, God has come to give you life. And he paid for it. And the greatest testimony to your appreciation. Now listen to this. This is my last, my last thought. The greatest testimony to your appreciation to what God has done for you in Christ is for you to walk in it. That's your highest level of worship. And that doesn't mean everybody's going to jump up and down and go, to, oh boy, oh boy, they're really going to serve God now. That means probably just about everybody around is going to have some type of opposition. And the devil's really going to get mad. But in the midst of it, you find out who you are, what you can do, what you have in Christ. You walk because you think the devil can walk through this to you? Let me try that again. Some of you may need a little more tea. Do you think the devil can walk through this and get to you? You say, well, why has he got in? You let him in. Yeah. Well, 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 I'm an innocent bystander of an attack. Then run him out. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. I mean, one, one, one or the other. Sure, sure, there are times when we're just walking in faith, and what happens? The enemy shows up and attacks us. But what do we do? We run him out. We tell them you can't do it. This is illegal and moral. May even be fattening. <laughs> Amen. No, no, no. We're not, we're not gonna bend, we're not gonna bow, we're not gonna burn. We're gonna resist this. Amen. In Jesus' name. I saw a deal the other day. Of all of this, what are they they had a word for it? I'm trying to remember the word. It's where you're you know you get old, you get decrepit. And the government's got an out for you. They got a little bag of pills you can take in 30 days. And they just put you to sleep like a rover. You know what that is? That's the devil. Because every breath breathed upon the earth is precious to God because he put that breath in that body. Oh, I ought to get a better amen for believers living in the last days. Amen? We've got to make a decision to live in the life of God based on what he's provided for us in Christ Jesus. Because I'm telling you, when you begin, you talk about the glory of God in knowledge. This is the glory of God in knowledge. I can tell you experiences about studying this and meditating on it, and all of a sudden, either what I call these mini visions or just knowing it, and it just it's just like that woman in Idaho. It thrills you to know that God has done so much for you. And the reason a lot of people don't walk in the, and the fullness or of the glory of it is because, you know, it's just, well, yeah, that's, but, you know, I used to preach on that all the time when I'd preach revivals. And, you know, people, they, you teach all that revelation, all that glory, and then people go, well, yeah, you know, well, I really need $114. It'd be a miracle, you know. And my knee is sore. Oh, man. We had to go to the washeteer. The washer broke down. And see, what we do is we let our current problem rob us of our eternal glory. Amen. Are you learning something? Lift your hands. Father, we worship you tonight. Say this out loud. Say, thank you, Father. I am a partaker by the Word of God of the divine nature. I am escaping the corruption that is in this world through the lust of evil men 
and the devil himself. I'm a new creature in Christ Jesus. Old things have passed away. All things are new for me. Thank you, Heavenly Father. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Greater is He. Greater is He that's in me than He that's in the world. Thank you, Father. My sins are remitted. Your spirit abides. Your spirit empowers. I'm more than a conqueror. I'm more than a conqueror. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Father, for my new identity. My new identity. Not my gender. Not the color of my skin. Not my geographical location. It's who I am. Who I am in Christ. In Christ Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Eternally blessed. Eternally saved. Thank you, Father, for what you've done for me. In Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Oh, just take a moment and thank you. Take a moment and thank you. Take a moment and thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. What a beautiful work. God does by His Word. What a beautiful work He does by His Spirit. Yield to the work of God in your life. Sure, your flesh, it craves. Your mind is the devil's playground. But your heart is a power source. That same resurrection power that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you. It's so powerful it'll quicken your mortal body. And your body will not be used for dying. It'll be used for living. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord God. Amen, amen. Praise God, praise God, praise God. Hallelujah. Well, I don't know what else to do. You can stand up, I guess. Praise God. <laughs> I like meetings where you don't know what to do. You don't know how to come to the end, you know? I used to tell people, it's not getting going, it's shutting up. It's my problem. Praise God. God is good, amen? amen. Father, thank you for tonight. Thank you for these redemptive truths and realities. Thank you as we leave tonight, our protection, our safety. We claim, as your word dictates, and as we see the protocol of faith, we believe in our hearts and we confess with our mouth that you, Lord, protect us, keep us. No evil befalls us. No plague comes nigh us. You bear us up. Angels have charge over us. Devil, you're defeated. Jesus is Lord. We remind you of your defeat 2,000 years ago. And this is a tithing church. So from the standpoint of the church, you are rebuked. You are rebuked. You are rebuked. You cannot touch our seed nor what our seed is produced. Thank you, Father. You open the windows of heaven. Pour us out great blessing. Thank you, Lord, in our travels, in the righteous labor of our hands. Father, in our fellowship during the Christmas season and the holidays.
recreational with our families, all that we do to enjoy these times together and celebrate Jesus. We declare your protection and your safety over us. Devil, you're a liar. You're under our feet. We cancel assignments, strategies. We will not be defeated nor fooled by the darkness of who you are. For we live in the light and in the goodness of God. Thank you as we leave tonight. Your spirit stirs on the inside. Our witness is strong. Our faith is sure. Our destiny is complete. Thank you, Heavenly Father, that you've called us for such a time as this. Let us be a blessing to people, a problem to the devil, a miracle in others' lives. Lord, as we leave tonight, we walk in faith and love towards you. Oh, we love you so much. Hallelujah. We bask in your presence. In your presence is fullness of joy. <laughs> At your right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we leave tonight walking in love one toward another. Thank you for our church. A place to gather, people to gather with, but more than that, a reason to gather. Thank you, Father. Lord, we leave tonight walking in faith and love, walking in love toward each other, and leave as the ambassadors of Christ you called us to be. Thanking you, Lord, here at Island Church. We're covered by the blood, empowered by the Word, and anointed by the Holy Ghost. Thank you for listening to Island Church's podcast. To find out more information about Island Church in Galveston, Texas, visit our website at islandchurchgalveston.com.